All right, let's be real. What has been the hardest thing about your pregnancy and postpartum journey? Is it the postpartum painful sex that nobody talks about? What are you supposed to do with that? Is it the fact that you might have torn during delivery and you have no idea how to heal now that you're in postpartum? Welcome to the Onus Podcast, where we bring on mothers, parents, and pregnant postpartum individuals to talk about their journey and their experiences to give that knowledge back to people that need it. And we are also attached to the OnusCollaborative.com, which is a free online educational directory where we help moms and parents connect to maternity care providers in their local area. We are here to give the power back to you guys so you have the choice in your journey. We'll have space for midwives, doulas, pelvic floor PTs, massage therapists, therapist. And as we continue expanding, we hope that we can support you. All right. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hi, welcome back to the Onus Podcast. My name is Erin and I am your host and also the founder of the Onus Collaborative. Today we have on an advocate, a doula, a mother, and a partner. (laughs) Her name is Allison. She is originally from Scotland but living in the United States with her husband and her sons. She's going to be talking to us today about her work and how she actually became a doula herself and why that has been so important for her. So today you get to learn a bit more about her story but also how she wants more doulas to feel empowered to properly give their birthing individual clients what they need. So we hope you all enjoy this episode. Um, That was with my husband's employment and I also have three boys. Um, They're 11 and 9 and (laughs) 5. So very busy life with them. Um, I started my doula work way back in 2013. Um, It was after I'd had two of my boys and typically like everyone else you know you kind of you know for some you'll get into birth work based on the experiences that you had and and you know that was certainly the case for me I mean prior to having my children I was an occupational therapist and I'd worked in many areas and and one of them was working in um, preschool services and also in child and adolescent mental health services so I'd worked with families and children of all you know of all ages for quite a significant period of time and had a lot of experience of working within obviously the NHS at that time it was in the UK so I'd had experience of you know working within the constraints of a system and the understanding of of how those kind of things work and and how they sort of shape your behavior within within that and I think that certainly carries over now certainly into birth work when we look at how complex it is. Um, so certainly my, my birth experiences did, did lead me in, into birth work for different reasons. You know, one, one of them was because, you know, I had my moment of sheer empowerment and I started to question in my mind the messages that society gives birthing people about birth and how it, you know, we're really disempowering them. Um, and the messages that we give and how that feeds into the system and how the system wants that to happen and that's certainly one thing that we we need to target and address and then through another one of my births where you know I did really experience over medicalization that was not consented so this certainly fueled my interest in, in human rights and how I see that as being absolutely fundamental to everything it cannot be anything else you know birth is a human issue is a, a human rights issue and I'm very passionate about that um, so that was where it all began way back in 2013 and you know I've taken various trainings um, uh, you know one of the things that I do talk a lot about on my pages is about Dylan kind of looking at the relationship with certification and whether we feel we need to be certified and how that feeds Mm. into our oppression within a medicalized system so you know I'm I'm not particularly and I didn't particularly choose to do doula trainings to be certified that was not something that I felt I needed but I certainly took various um, trainings just to increase my knowledge and I have a thirst for knowledge and I love to study and and um, you know increase my knowledge base it is essential um, so I've done various doula trainings in birth and bereavement. Bereavement work is very close to my heart also. Um, and along the way, you know, I became a hypnobirthing instructor. Um, I'm also a three-step rewind trauma birth recovery practitioner. So I'm doing my training for that at the moment. Birth trauma is also something that is very, very important to me, very close to my heart. So I, I'm doing a lot of work around that. Um, and also in Scotland, I, I did a lot of work with Bliss, the um, charity for babies born early and, and sick. 
I was a bliss volunteer for them and supported parents who were going through that experience. I myself had a NICU experience. I was also a positive birth movement group facilitator. I would run monthly groups for birthing and pregnant people to come along um, and, and receive you know, support and um, share evidence-based information and just support them that way. And that was really, really fantastic. I love that. Um, and another part of my my own personal interest is around energy work. You know, I, I practice Reiki, I work with crystals, um, I have a, you know, I'm able to kind of work with pregnant um, people with Reiki using a specific technique, which I was taught in the UK. And um, it's a bit more tricky over here in Florida because you actually have to have a license to practice Reiki. Mm-hmm. which is kind of really frustrating but certainly you know I think energy is is so significant when we start to talk about pregnancy and birth you know it's not just a physical experience there's many more levels to that so I, I love to integrate healing work and you know crystals and things like that um, and I also do angel readings and healings and guidance as well so I guess my kind of view of, of doula work is that it is very holistic, that it mm-hmm. is, um, you know, very, it's a place of privilege. You know, I don't believe that we just go into this work just to witness a birth. It is way beyond that. It is very layered. It's very complex. Um, it is something that individually as doulas, we all have to do our own inner work in order to be ready to step into that space. Because energetically, when we're at a birth, we influence the energy in the room. Um, and that's not just for the birthing person. Um, and that's also for those, the team, the team around them. And um, understanding that is, is central to then starting to address all of the other issues that are impacting outcomes for birthing people. Um, whether that be communication, trauma, you know, all the expectations of being, um, you know, on, on a maternity care team, you know, within a system. So there's a lot of challenges to, to be dealt with. And I'm, I'm really keen to provide a space for doulas to come and start to unpick some of that stuff mm. and to start to look at their belief systems and, and what they need in terms of skills and healing um, to really be in the best place to, to support, you know, the person who's brought them into their space, really. Yeah. No, I love everything that you just said. You have so much experience and so many different trainings. It's amazing because I think it's all super key to doula work. Like you said, like having the birth trauma and the Reiki, because when you are in there working with your client, you do take that energy with you. That energy goes on to that person. So if you're anxious, that anxiety is going to head over to the person that's on the bed and getting ready to deliver. So I think it's incredible that you can hold that space and have all these different backgrounds to make sure that you're properly um, knowledgeable, knowledgeable to give them the best um, service that you can. And yeah. I just think that's incredible. And I wanted to ask you, so when you gave birth to your sons, was that in the US or Scotland? So my first son was born in, in England in, in the UK. He was my little premie. <laughs> um, and then my second son, he was born in um, Ireland, in Dublin. Okay. Um, and that system is is very, very is very medicalized. I didn't actually have access to midwifery in the area where I lived, and I'm I am so pro midwifery, of course, because of you know mm-hmm. just the nature of the support that they provide and the the impact that they have. Um, and I, I, you know, I absolutely support you know, autonomous midwifery and for midwives to be able to provide the care that, that they, you know, that birthing people wish wish to have. And, you know, the sort of licensure and over-regulation of midwifery is completely another topic, which is a really significant one, which is part of the picture too. Um, so, yes, yeah, so they were born in, in, in two different places. And, and then my third son was born in Scotland and he was a home birth. Wow. Okay. So, so they were all very, very different. Yeah. And so... The first one was in England, so you would have had a midwife. Yes. So typically, you know, within the NHS, you know, midwives, you know, within hospitals are your primary caregiver. You know, obviously there are obstetricians there when it's required. But women generally are cared for, you know, in their communities, within community clinics um, by midwives. And then if they choose to birth in hospital, you are supported by a midwife. 
Um, and then if any other help is needed, you know, you would you would have an obstetrician. But obviously for um, me, my experience in Ireland, I had OB care all the way throughout. Now, partly because, you know, I'd had a preterm birth before, but everything. And this was pre me having any knowledge of, of any of this. You know, I, I didn't have the beginnings of the knowledge that I have now until my third birth. And boy, did I take control of that. Mm, yeah. You know, I really stepped into my power at that point. Um, so the system really got me the second time around. And it was at that moment that I did not consent to an induction. And it was, you know, the, the OB heard me and looked at me and it happened anyway. Um, and the implications of that, you know, are significant. Yeah. So, yeah, they were all very, very different. And each of them have, have you know, provided me with an experience that has brought me to this point where I am today. No, I, I'm also sorry about the second birth and that that was traumatizing that you were also forcibly induced. We're seeing that a lot, aren't we? Um, Absolutely. I, I also think a lot of these experiences with obstetric violence are leading so many doulas into the work that they're doing, which I think is great because it's also giving, like when you guys work with clients, you can give that background and be like, this is what happened to me and I'm trying to make sure that it doesn't happen to anyone else. And that's so important. So, yeah, and it's yeah. sorry. I'm just going to say, you know, it's certainly having that awareness of of why these things happen. Mm. You know, we're we're working within a very complex system, um, and you know, it's a traumatized system, yeah. and traumatized systems, you know, traumatize their staff. They they traumatize the providers. It's just you know goes down the hierarchy. So there needs to be a great um, appreciation of that, and you need to have an understanding of how systems work, and why is a doula. If we go back to the energy discussion that we were having, that really you doula the room. You know, you when we talk about holding space and holding energy, you know, it's these kind of statements that people use. But actually, really, you need to be able to unpick what that actually means. And you know, we actually are, are very much doing everybody in that space and that includes the provider in the space who may be carrying a whole load of trauma of their own and mm -hmm. um, within a system that is really not meeting their needs either mm -hmm. so it's essential to be able to go back to the basics I talk about rehumanizing birth all the time you know it's all over my ethos of back to birth you know back to birth we are bringing birth back to where it needs to be and it's a human experience and it should be owned by the, per the person who, who, is, who is giving birth. But certainly it's just reclaiming the basic art of communication and how to relate to one another. And we can see certainly in these times how lost that has become, you know, not just within healthcare. So there's so much work that doulas need to do on their own ability to um, nurture their own communication and their own ability to relate to everyone that's going to be in the birth space. And it's a skill. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think getting, like you said, when the um, doula needs that healing to be able to hold that space. And I think that's also one of the biggest things is a lot of people don't realize how much advocating doulas do. It's like doulas do a lot of work. <laughs> they are in there to make sure that their clients are respected. And so they also need to make sure they're in the right headspace to actually stand up for themselves. I'm yes and that's certainly what we would hope but that you know this is part of one of the things that maybe we can talk about you know that question do doulas advocate because mm. I think probably if, if you look into the that a little bit more deeply there is a strong message within that that actually doulas do not um, and this is part of the issue I believe is to why doulas are currently being erased by the system and why we are um, starting to you know, lose our autonomy and start to fall into, well, not start to fall into it, we're in it, we're way in it, um, into the control of a system. Yeah. And that's, that's, a, that's a significant problem, not only for our own identity, um, but also ultimately, you know, for the work that we are here to do or the work that I believe we are here to do. We cannot do the work truly in ensuring that all birthing people have the right to a safe, respectful, birth experience that upholds their fundamental human rights if we are too deep into the system we can't do that yeah. so there's a big parallel to the work that I'm doing and it it's certainly you know it one piece is about you know educating about you know human rights and you know disparities and outcomes of care and, and all of those things that are so 
profound and so significant and and that's why we're well why i'm here as a doer but also for doulas to do their own work around their own belief systems about who they are and why they're here yeah well let's start and who owns them who owns them you know who owns them (laughs) how about we start with like um do doulas advocate what is happening with the system um and why we're not seeing like obviously we see that doulas are everywhere but it's not seen by the pregnant postpartum individuals that truly need the service so how about we start there sure so that's that's a big one isn't it so was the first part there you know you you see the importance of doulas but perhaps birthing people aren't seeing them enough is that your question or yeah like how you feel like they're being erased um by the system Oh, why did we? Yes, goodness. Yes. Okay. So this all. (laughs) So if we start to look at this, this is a really deep one. So doula autonomy, when I talk about doula autonomy, you know, this is all about our own. Got to be clear about why we're here and the work that we're doing. And when I first came over here to America, I started to hear these conversations, you know, sort of language like doulas are professionals. Now, that was really interesting to me because in the UK, we weren't really using language like that. Mm. Um, so I thought, okay, that's interesting. And I understand why that language might be there. But at the same time, for me, doulas are lay people that are centuries old, okay? This is all about being servants, being of service. And that the definitions and parameters of who we are and what we do and how we do it are defined by the birthing person that we serve. Okay. And when we start to introduce terms like professional, it kind of starts to pull us into a system, which can then put parameters around what we do. So, you know, doulas then don't advocate, doulas don't say this, doulas don't do that. You have to then, when we look all the issues around doulas being restricted in COVID, doulas having to face vendor situations where you have to pay to get into a hospital, you need a background check, you need a drug check, you need all your vaccines, you know, all of this, all of this stuff. So if we are viewing ourselves in that kind of way now, I'm not saying that I think that doulas are lay people who act professionally and have professional boundaries. So I think it's interesting how we use language. Now, this is just my take on this. Mm. But as soon as we start talking about professionals, Mm. I think it just leads us into a situation where we can be controlled. And ultimately, what would the system like to to regulate us? You know, let's look at the history of midwifery um, and, and, you know, how the overregulation ultimately um, keeps the power within the system and over controls midwives, doulas, and ultimately birthing people. Mm. So I don't know if, if that strikes a chord with you when we kind of talk about language around professionalism and things like that. I know there'll be a lot of doulas out there who would absolutely not agree with me on that. And I'm not saying that doulas don't you know, act professionally. We absolutely do. Mm. But I think language is so important when we start to see where we are in the grand scheme of the system. Yeah. Um, and how control happens so easily you know COVID is such an example of that we were cut out of the hospitals overnight and here we are nearly a year on and some dealers are still not back into I try to think how many hospitals and you know and the vendor situations are starting to creep in so that's just a, a little kind of thought around around language I'd love to hear more about this vendor system I have never heard of this Oh, okay. So certainly for, for some hospitals across, you know, certain states, there are hospitals who, um, you know, for the majority who have, dare I use the word allowed, but we are controlled, you know, they're controlling doulas re-entering their hospitals. And they may just be putting in place some, um, you know, requirements like show your certification. And that's, you know, that's an issue in itself because, you know, not all doulas require to have a certification. Mm. Of course, you know, evidence of, of training and, and taking on some kind of education is, is so important. But being certified is certainly not the gold standard and it certainly does not make you a better doula. Whatever, you know, better is defined as, you know, whoever, you know, whatever the birthing person would like you to be is, is what the gold standard is. Um, and certification doesn't do that and it actually just pulls that control away from birthing people ultimately 
So we have, you know, many hospitals that are saying, you know, you need to provide proof of certification or, you know, you need to do X, Y and Z, whatever it might be. And then we have um, some other providers who are actually doing vendor situations where doulas are required to pay a fee um, you know, pay for a drug testing panel and, you know, a background check and provide evidence of your vaccinations mm-hmm. um, and all sorts of things that are just many barriers to giving doulas back in and, and certainly how it discriminates, you know, against having, you know, an appropriate representation of, of doulas within communities so that we serve the needs of the community appropriately. Um, and it certainly, you know, discriminates against, you know, black doulas and other marginalized groups of doulas who, who you know, that's just such a process that is, is, is just makes it way more difficult to, to address the fundamental things that are, are going on in, in maternity care around, you know, disparities in, in maternal outcomes. So there are, there are a lot of things going on at the moment which ultimately reflect just how oppressed doulas are within the system and the system's attempt to control doulas to, to, fit, the, to fit the system. And that's highly problematic. Absolutely. I definitely agree with that because I can see, um, I've been talking to a lot more midwives and also just learning about a lot more about midwifery in the United States. And I definitely see where it's already impacting them, where there's so much regulation about what they are and are allowed to, allowed to do based on like ACOG and obstetricians. Like they have to have this whole approval system where it's like, no, midwives know what they're doing. They can work in autonomy. And I don't get why yes. they need to be micromanaged <laughs> by obstetricians. I see more people starting to do it here as well. So no, I've been learning a lot more in the US about the yeah, micromanagement of midwifery. And since COVID has started, I've been hearing, I've talked to a lot of doulas who haven't been able to work because hospitals aren't allowing them in at all, which is quite scary for the birthing individual. And I think there's also a lot of parents out there that still don't fully know what a doula is because it's not brought to their attention. Because most people, you know, in the U.S. go to an OBGYN before they think to go to a midwife. Where in like places like England yes. and Australia, you go to a midwife first. And then if you need to be referred onto an OBGYN, they do that. And so I think you're absolutely right with the work that it can be like overmanaged. The, the, ven- the vendor process I had no idea about because to me if that birthing individual has decided on this person being their doula why do they have to prove anything to the hospital yes absolutely and it it, you know it's you know that issue of our autonomy and and doulas need to to sit with that you know who is it that we are serving you know are we working for the system Mm. or are we working for the person who has you know, invited us into their lives and into their their birth space. Um, and of course, it should be the latter. But, you know, we um, have doulas who, for many reasons, you know, it's very complex and it, it's very layered, you know, for, for those doulas who have jumped on board of the vendor system, you know, in order to work. Yeah. And then once that has been taken up, it's, it's even harder for those doulas who you know, absolutely do not want to go down that route and absolutely recognise why not going down that route is so significant. It makes it even more of a challenge to start to address that once we have doulas that are in the system, mm-hmm. actually giving the system what it wants. Mm-hmm. Um, so it has massive implications for um, the rights of birthing people to have autonomy over their choice of birth companion. Yeah. And that's, you know you know not only does the system make it difficult to have autonomy over where you give birth how you give birth but they're now controlling who your birth companion is and the specific you know credentials and criteria that that doula needs to meet in order to be deemed acceptable by by the um, hospital and of course it's all about litigation and you know, legal things, and they're trying to control us as if we were an employee. Yeah. 
which yeah. we absolutely are not. So, you know, a big part of, you know, the conversation I'm, I'm having at DOAS for Human Rights is encouraging DOAS to, to really just go back, way back to the beginning and think about what their belief system about a doula is mm. and, you know, what they believe they should be doing and who they're doing it for um, and what they should be doing in the birthing space and, and why and how how they're doing that and what they're focusing on and um, to really peel that back. And that's all about beliefs as well. It's all about the training that they received. You know, there's a big conversation to be had about doula credentialing organizations and the messages that they are giving doulas, you know, and mm. through scope, you know, scope is another big word, mm. you know, where we, we hear doulas talk about, you must stay in scope. That's not in your scope you can't advocate you can't talk you can you know all of this stuff and you know that certainly the doula training organizations play a huge role in shaping the way that doulas ultimately behave and they are ultimately by doing that shaping maternal outcomes and that's not a conversation that has been had enough at the moment yeah i think we need to really unpick that that's a huge amount a lot of trainings would have their very specific beliefs and then those beliefs would and sometimes those beliefs are great when they are teaching them about the lgbtq and working with um people of like color black and brown people which can be great but sometimes you don't get those trainings and if yeah i like for me having a doula is just just makes sense because i want someone to be able to advocate for me if i ever ended up in a hospital birth um, but if they're being told not to do that, yeah, that's actually a really good point. Um, where do you figure out like, what is your idea of what a doula is? Because that in today's society, that's what a lot of birthing individuals need. They need that advocate to be there and let them know what is happening. And then also if they don't want that to happen to communicate that to their midwife or OBGYN. No, I was just going to say that, you know, the... I think that piece is just it's just so it's just so vital you know just going going back to the belief systems that you are being you know shaped by when when you are are being trained and and just giving you know doulas need to give themselves space to to look at where where they're coming from and you know why they're behaving in a certain way but ultimately taking accountability for, mm. you know, how they may be complicit in a system that is really killing, harming and traumatizing birthing people and, you know, black birthing people and people of color and other, you know, marginalized groups at a way greater rate. And it is absolutely unacceptable. And I think we need to track that back just to where doulas are, are getting their, their belief systems from. And part of that is from the trainings that they take. But there needs to come a time where doulas need to stop and actually just think about that. And I don't think that's happening enough. So I really, you know, wish to, you know, through the platform that I created, just sow that seed and, and, and you know, have doulas just, just think about that, you know, because there is a degree of complicit behaviour. Mm. Yeah. And that's difficult to take, right? I mean, that's really hard to hear. Of course it is, because, you know, doulas don't go into birth work to cause harm and but ultimately you know we are by supporting you know systems and vendor systems and you know the the ultimately um control our autonomy we are part of the problem we cannot truly serve birthing people to have their rights upheld to have the right to a safe birth um to have you know non-biased information to not be discriminated against you know to to have the right to say yes and to say no and to really truly understand the system if if we are if you know we're not willing to do the work and to see you know that bigger picture absolutely and I wanted to ask um have you seen like since you've been in the U.S. have you seen an increase in the use of doulas or do you feel like there is still kind of a question of like when you come across people and you say I'm a doula they're like oh what's that (laughs) oh well certainly when so I'm in the Tampa Bay area and when I came here you know we have a very rich doula community here um and we have a rich midwifery um community here um and I would say that certainly in this area you know doulas are are 
you know, well known, you know, I look across social media groups and platforms and, you know, many birthing and pregnant people will be talking about doulas and that they have a doula, that they would like a doula. So, you know, I, I would say as an area, um, you know, the, the awareness of doulas is, is, you know, pretty, pretty good. You know, I don't obviously have any figures or numbers or, or anything like that, but I was certainly struck by just how many doulas there are and um, the work that's been done around, around birth in, in this area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And certainly just chatting with, you know, friends and, you know, people that I come across, you know, some obviously don't know what a doula is, but generally they're, they're like, oh yeah, I know a doula or my friend had a doula or, you know, so actually it's, it's pretty um, <laughs> well known here, which is, which is great. It's just more about ensuring um, that the work that needs to be done is, is, is being done. That's great. Yeah. Cause I think most, a lot of midwives I see on Instagram are always from Tampa and I think it's because Florida is one of the very few states that allows for all different, like the um, certified professional midwives, CMs and CNMs, <laughs> I believe. And they also allow for like home births and birthing centers, which I think helps a lot. Yes. And we have we have many birthing centers in this area. I mean, obviously, you know, midwifery is is regulated. And I certainly wouldn't say that the system here in Florida is, you know, doing what it needs to do in terms of upholding the rights of birthing people you know certainly through the regulation of midwifery we're seeing that it's not it's not working as as well as it could you know it limits choice absolutely limits choice and I also think it de-skills midwives and through some of the things that they have to then transfer onto OB care for Um, and you know birth culture wise you know having lived in the UK you know the, the issues ultimately are you know, are, are very similar. You know, I see the issues around lack of knowledge of, of human rights. You know, that is just fundamental. And I've certainly seen seen that here. And things are changing in the UK massively. You know, I see it really looking very Americanized. You know, things are changing so much there in the control of independent midwifery and the loss of their insurance and so much that's going on over there. And, you know, COVID has really, you know, the issues are so transferable. Um, and... It's, it's just a real, real big problem at the moment. And, and human rights fundamentally is, is where we need to begin. And a lot of the issues around, you know, the obstetric violence and the things that we witness in birth is simply because, you know, um, a human rights framework is not integrated within maternity care. And then we have to look at accountability for, for reporting these things and how physicians are, um, you know, um, if, if they are, not practicing you know to an appropriate standard you know the, the fact that the the way that that is managed in terms of their license and disciplinary action is is a huge problem also so there's lots of layers it's, absolutely um, a lot um having given birth in england i would love to ask you this because i've been trying to do more research on this obviously i do think um that in the united states introducing midwifery care is one of the essential things to lowering the maternal mortality rates but when I was yes. in England, we know that in- England is actually dominated mainly still by midwifery care, but yet their black maternal health is actually five times. Yes. Yeah, so I was curious if you have any feedback on that, because I was looking at that and I was like, well, that's, that's surprising because that's what I would thought the answer would have been. But why is it even higher actually in England? It's just staying at the same number. It's not rising and it's not falling. Yeah. And, you know, that is something that I, you know, having come away from the, the UK and, and, you know, comparing what's going on over there and what's over here and kind of making, you know, seeing these issues that are transferable across countries, you know, certainly if I, if I do get back to the UK, you know, that's something that I need to delve into really deeply. And certainly having been away from the UK for four years, the changes that I've just witnessed through my own, you know, doula friends and and how things are changing there's been so much change in in Mm. the UK and that is something that I need to dig into it's not something that I hugely dove into you know when when I was there in the earlier part of my doula career Um, and it's certainly something now that I would be absolutely looking into and you know access to midwifery again I I don't doubt that that is a significant you know access to to the right care you know culturally create care within the communities um, and how things are being 
pushed more into hospitals, home birth services are being shut down, birth centres are, you know, being shut down, you know, that's happened over several decades. So there has been a big shift in centralising care within hospitals. And it still follows the same rhetoric, you know, that birth is inherently risky, um, and it's all being pushed back into the hospital. But there will be many other layers to that conversation. And it's something that I would very much um, need to look into. And there's a wonderful organisation in the UK called five times more um, and they're very much looking into that um, you know the maternal mortality for for black women and, and exactly as you say and they're doing such wonderful work oh, and that's an organization that I would recommend people follow and support yeah I will absolutely look into five times more because I've been very curious of that statistic I'm like but why and it could also be like you said the fact that they are going towards more of an American system now so more people are giving birth in hospitals working with obstetricians and I think that's one of the biggest things that's blown my mind ever since learning more about midwifery and the history of it and doulas is there's this idea it seems at least in western worlds more and more that home birth is this scary thing and mm-hmm. it just blows my mind because if you actually look at like I looked up the research on it and I was like this it's fine and it kind of blows my mind that people are telling this narrative of it being this absolutely terrifying thing that no one should ever do and so when you decided to do a home birth with your third child um, did you get a lot of support for that or was there a lot of reluctance from your community oh no very, very certainly very you know supported I had a community midwife you know who worked in my town you know who I would go and see for all my antenatal appointments you know my family were very supportive you know my husband was very supportive you know you know at that point I was very much involved in doula work I was way more knowledgeable than what I had been for my previous births and you know he has complete faith in my ability to give birth he'd witnessed me do it twice under two very different circumstances and he was you know absolutely all for supporting in that choice and he was very on board with that and very much part of that um, and, and having that community midwifery model is is so so significant you know that continuous support from the same midwife um through the antenatal period during my home birth and then for my postnatal visits you know the the impact that that has on the quality of experience satisfaction of your experience safety of you know if we want to talk safety you know we we know midwifery is you know proven to um increase safety of birth outcomes and it it was just the most precious relationship to build and that is midwifery it is about relationship it's about communication mm-hmm. and about you know relating on a very human level and that we cannot replicate within an you know an over medicalized obstetric model of care and you know of course that care is needed and you know is sometimes needed but the the fact is is that it, it's not the best um or evidence-based, you know, model of care for, for healthy birth and people. Absolutely. And I'm just glad that you were able to get that experience and have support um, when it comes to it and be able to share that experience with other people is really, really important. Um, it was, it was life-changing. It was absolutely life-changing. And, you know, I, I didn't want to end the relationship. It, it was very difficult, you know, when it came to having had, you know, my last postnatal visits and, you know, they become a very significant part of your life. And, you know, when we think about how we, you know, reduce, you know, these, you know, the the racial disparities and outcomes, these birthing birthing people need midwives. They need culturally appropriate care in their communities, you know, and, and that midwifery care is, is key to that. It is absolutely key to that. It really, really is. And understanding and listening, mm-hmm. you know, that part is so missing. You know, and we, we know that for birthing people of colour and black birthing people, that they're just not listened to, that they're disregarded. And, you know, obviously they, they, they do have very unique um, needs because of all the racial discrimination that they face and that they carry with them um, and how that may well propel them into an over-medicalised model of care that then fails to meet their basic human rights within that. So, you know, so midwives are so central to 
to just safe, safe maternity care that is just respectful and loving, I guess, you know, bringing it back to humanity. That's what midwives do. Yeah. We right. need to fight for that, you know, we need to fight for that across the globe. Yeah, I agree. I think that midwifery care is absolutely phenomenal. And in the United States, it's not appreciated. It's not recognized. Um, it's not even talked about. Because I remember when I first learned the history of midwifery care about two years ago, I was asking my family and friends, like, did you know you could have had a midwife? And they were like, what is a midwife? I've never even heard that term before. It, okay. It, yeah, there's, there's a lot to unpack. <laughs> And certainly here in America, you know, my area, there's there's a lot for, you know, pregnant people to unpack too in terms of really knowing their choices. And, you know, this is where, again, we go back to doulas having to really sit and think about who they are and what they're doing and who they're centering. Because if we're going to provide information about choices that fits the overall rhetoric, i.e., you know, I can't really, um, you know, call out you know, this provider or be honest about the realities of what it would mean for you as either a white birthing person or a black birthing person, you know, birthing within this system, Mm -hmm. you know, with a white physician or a black physician, because we know all of those things are really significant in outcomes. You know, if doulas aren't in a space where they can have honest conversations about that with birthing people, you know, we have a problem. Um, because, you know, we really need to just be so honest about what the system is like, how it's structured um, and what it really means for that birthing person within the context of their unique life and their, their you know, and, and, and who they are, because that is different for everybody. And I'm certainly seeing that, that there's not enough of that, that because doulas are oppressed and we are falling into the system and we are being erased by the system, that, you know, in order to get work, there's this idea that we must be liked and we can't be honest about that. And you mm. may just recommend a provider because, well, you wouldn't not recommend them because that might mean that you might not get any referrals and all, you know, all of that the layers of those things really needs a lot of unpicking Mm. because if we're not being honest with with birthing people about the realities of the system about all of their choices and certainly free birth pops into my mind right now and that's a bone of contention with a lot of doulas if we go back to thinking about you know who they've done their training with a lot of doula organizations will point blank put into their requirements that you do not end free births now if we're really as as i believe doulas should be you know all about placing birthing people centrally with their rights right in the center the you know free birthing is a legal right it is a choice and that we should be having all of these really honest conversations Mm -hmm. um and that's something that that doulas need to be thinking about that we can't perhaps just omit certain information or shape information to suit our own comfort zones or fears or biases and um, because that's where we're complicit in, in the whole picture if that makes sense absolutely and so one of the last big questions I have for you is how can a doula or any of the doulas that are going to be listening to this start unpacking um, their belief system to make sure that they're truly doing the work that they do to benefit their client and that birthing individual that they're working with well I think first and foremost they have to give themselves permission to do it right you've kind of got to get yourself to a place where you you just allow allow yourself to do it often we'll see doulas will just become so burnt out within the system right and it takes getting to that point to to have them say right okay wait a minute you know something's got to change you know you you almost and we don't want doulas getting to that point we absolutely don't you know amount of doulas that come into this work get burnt out and then leave you know we we just I think what can I say you know like give yourself permission to do it you know just just give yourself the time to do it and find yourself find your community to do it with you know it is hard work it really is hard work and I think mentoring is so significant Mm -hmm. you know find a mentor find a good doula mentor in your community who can support you as you walk through this this stuff you know and just start to to really go back to the basics about you know who you think you are and why you're there and who you're serving and how did you get to where you are now and where would you like to be and what are your beliefs telling you and your fears and your biases? And, you know, what's your relationship with the system? And do you need to be liked? And mm. you know, what's your relationship with racism and, and being within a system that is ultimately you know, killing and harming and traumatizing, you know, way too many 
birthing people and, and their role within that based on what their beliefs have been shaped to, to, to tell them. And it's certainly not easy work, but I think just giving yourself permission to do it and finding your, your tribe, as it were, and finding your community and, and, and working through it. Yeah, no, I think that's beautiful. Thank you for saying that. I think there'll be a lot of people that can listen to this and know where to start when it comes to looking at their belief system and making sure that they're doing the work that you said like what doulas are truly meant to do and I think that's yeah yeah and there's so many doula organizations you know and training organizations out there who are offering such wonderful wonderful trainings around helping you to unpack your bias Mm -hmm. um, and helping you to to look at all of these things and helping you to you know examine what advocacy is and you know the skills that are involved in that because it's not just one skill set it's not just something that you say or do you know you know advocacy ultimately comes from a place where you've done all of this inner work and 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 you know addressed any trauma or anything that you need to do in order to step into a space and hold it energetically so but there are so so many um you know excellent training organizations um out there that are that are doing such valuable and essential essential work um and in supporting doulas particularly white doulas to unpack their bias mm. because I, I think most you know i think it's fair to say and as difficult it is to hear it's the white doulas and in, in the white doula world and in the white system that are complicit and part of the problem and that's hard to hear Mm. Um, but we we need to start there in order to to change these absolutely dreadful disparities and outcomes that we are seeing we as white doulas are responsible for our own behavior and we're responsible for addressing how we are complicit in the system absolutely and we need more conversations about that so I guess you know through doulas for human rights and I wanted to provide provide that space to start asking these hard questions and 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 just signpost you know I do a lot of signposting there Mm -hmm. I put up a lot of information about courses and workshops and Mm -hmm. you know sources of of um, information and, and support and I wanted that to be there but you know I really just wanted to provide that space to to do that work because you know doulas absolutely I believe are activists and I absolutely believe that we do advocate and I believe that we are responsible for addressing you know all of the racism and discrimination and all of these entrenched systemic barriers and the oppression within the system we are responsible for addressing that and we are evidence-based and you know we need to call out care that is discriminatory that is killing and harming you know birthing people care that is you know resulting in obstetric violence and and you know trauma and we need to be able to recognize what that actually means and what it looks like and and gain the skills to to address that it's not just a case of walking in with your doula bag and doing too much doing and too many tricks and then forgetting the stuff that is actually creating the problem in the first place and we're looking to create something new right we're not trying to change a broken system we want something that is new and doulas are game changers in that. And I'm so passionate about that. Yeah. But we need we need support. We need to find our tribe and our community. It's long-term work. It's exhausting work, but it's essential. Um, and as a white doula myself, I'm holding myself accountable. You know, doulas for human rights is my personal accountability for changing a system of care that is harmful. Mm. Um, and that, that's why I'm here. I'm accountable too. Yeah, absolutely. And if anyone is looking to find you, where is the best place that they can find you online? So you'll find me um, on um, Facebook and um, on Instagram at Doulas for Human Rights um, or at Back to Birth. I'm also on Twitter at Back to Birth. But across all of those platforms, you'll, you'll find my pages. I also have a group um, in Facebook, uh, Doulas for Human Rights. I also have a group um, that provides um, lots of information about um, human rights and childbirth and evidence-based care. It's a group that's called um, Informed Birth. Um, it's a very small group and it's just supporting birth specifically for birthing people. Doulas for Human Rights Activism Group is for doulas and birth workers, um, but Informed Birth is, is for birthing people. 
um, and I, you know, put information daily and encourage conversation. Um, and I think that's what we need right now. We're, we're so disconnected and doulas are the most polarised and disconnected, I believe, than we've, we've ever been. So I strive just to create community and, and communication and conversation and just to reconnect with one another and, and just rehumanize birth and the work that we're doing. And I think both of those platforms, I mean, all of your platforms sound amazing, but also having the informed birth group is very, very important for parents so they can actually get the information that they need because there's a lot of biased information <laughs> on the internet. Absolutely. Yeah. And in that group, you know, I provide a lot of information about, you know, the real nitty gritty of, of you know, the, the system and what your rights actually, you know, actually are and how to recognize when they might not be being upheld. Um, and how to you know just arm yourself with information that is evidence-based and comes from a place of, of putting your rights centrally because that's the game changer right there um, and as a doula that's that's fundamental to the, the work that we should be doing so we need to educate yourself if you're a doula that doesn't know about human rights uh, go over to birth monopoly um, and take the um, know your rights course mm. it's essential um, and, and, you know, that's, that's a really good place to start and lots of advocacy work um, with Tracy Weaver and um, there's lots of, there's lots of um, things out there and I put lots of links into the Duels for Human Rights group and uh, Savia Wade, she's absolutely awesome um, she's another doula who, you know, go check her out, she'll hold you accountable and that's where it begins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Allison. Well, thank you so much for coming on and giving us all of this amazing information. I super appreciate it. I'm also just glad that we we're finally able to book in a time. <laughs> yes, me also. And, and thank you. Thank you so much, Erin. We want to thank Allison so much for coming on today and sharing this important conversation and being able to hold this space and, you know, coming from Scotland to United States and seeing the gap in both systems and also sharing her own story. If you're interested in reaching out to Allison, you can find her on Instagram at doulas for human rights, where she raises awareness about the different way doulas can start supporting birthing individuals in their space. So thank you so much, Allison, for coming on. And if you are a provider wanting to come on the podcast, feel free to go ahead and get signed up on our directory. And we would love to have you on the podcast and if you are a parent or mother wanting to talk about your experience feel free to actually reach out to us at hello at the collaborative.com and we'd love to schedule a date all right well thanks so much for visiting this week guys i'll see you all next week bye